This is Chad Barr. I'm the president of CB Software Systems and the Chad Barr Group. I'm actually here this morning with Gail Goodman, who is the CEO of one of my favorite organizations, Content Contact. She's actually an expert and a visionary and has revolutionized the way that small businesses and organizations can effectively and affordably communicate with their customers, clients, and members. Since actually taking leadership of Content Contact back in April of 1999, she has led the company to more than 450,000 customers worldwide. Gail was named Executive of the Year in 2009 in the American Business Awards and was the 2008 New England Regional winner of Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year. So with that in mind, welcome Gail. Thanks. Great to be with you. So let's jump to my first question here. Can you first share with us your journey of becoming the CEO of Content Contact and also the role that you actually play with the company today? So back in April of 99, I joined a, a motley crew of engineers who had a powerful idea to help small businesses on the Internet. Just prior to that, I had been at a company, uh, Open Market, that was trying to help small businesses sell on the Internet. And in this time period, you know, 98, 99, the tools were very immature, and it was pretty darn hard as a small business to get up and running on the internet. What me and the founding team at Constant Contact saw was that the internet was going to provide an opportunity for small businesses to look very professional and to really be on an even playing field with larger organizations. And so our first tagline was Big E Marketing for Small E Business. And it was all about how does a small business come to market on the internet. Um, email marketing was the first application we brought to market. And it really was a shared passion for small business. Then over time, we learned that we were also great for small nonprofits and associations. Now we just talk about smaller organizations in general. Um, but it was that shared passion that really drove us um, at the start. Over time, and there's a lot of lessons we learned along the way about what it takes to make a smaller organization successful. But it turned out great product was just the starting point, that they really needed to understand marketing best practices and they needed coaching and we needed to figure out how to do all of that very affordably. As we've grown, we've added more products and, of course, a bigger organization from, you know, from seven to makes me – kind of humble 800 as we stand here today. Oh, my. And my role as a leader has changed dramatically. Uh, you know, in the, in the early days, I was literally the first product manager. Today, uh, my role as a leader is much more to make sure we stay anchored in our core culture and competitive differentiation while we innovate for success tomorrow. And I'm really the change leader and the culture manager and really the people coach. That's my role today. That's amazing. Obviously, you have created a global brand. You and your company have become the authority on email marketing, event marketing, online survey, social media, and as you mentioned, so much more. Can you perhaps articulate how you have helped strengthen the brand of your company and what has been the key to your success? One of the lessons we learned very early on was that if you make small businesses successful, 
They stay a long time and they tell their friends. It may sound like very simple, but in the end, the way we've grown our brand is through great customer experience and through putting our customer's success before our success. What we learned is that to make our customers successful, we needed to do some things we never anticipated in the early days. Right? We really thought we were going to build a cloud-based software system and magic would happen. <laughs> but it turns out when half of your customers have less than 10 employees, they need more than software. They need to understand how to use it. Right? So you can have the greatest email marketing software, but they still don't know what makes a great subject line and how frequently should I send and how do I get people to join my mailing list. They needed what we now call know-how. And they needed a little bit of coaching and coaching with a personal touch. So the way we've built the brand is by building the customer experience. I'll talk more about this as we go on. I think in today's social world, your customer experience is your brand. And social amplifies that, good or bad. Uh, social amplifies that dramatically. Yes. So as we built the model, we realized that in addition to software, we needed a ton of customer education. And we do that in an incredibly broad range of ways, from hints and tips newsletters to webinars to literally local seminars. So we have over 20 regional development directors. These are people who are actually local in market doing seminars, often in partnership with someone like a chamber of commerce or a trade association. A big piece of our brand is our commitment to customer success. I love it. As the president and the owner of my own company, I'm always intrigued and fascinated by innovation. Our focus has been on leveraging technology and especially, of course, the internet and website to help our customers dramatically transform their business. How do you constantly innovate and reinvent yourself as a company? It is a continuous challenge for us. We, we are in a marketplace that evolves amazingly rapidly. The day I feel like I'm up on all the new changes is you know the day before I realize I'm way behind. We go at it in a variety of ways. At a high level, I think it's really blending a continuous external scan of what's going on in the world. Right. What you know, what is Facebook and Google doing? What are other companies doing? What are our competitors doing? Combined with extraordinary customer insight. We spend a lot of time understanding our customers' challenges. We don't think they're gonna tell us what to build, but they are telling us what their problems are, what their issues and opportunities are. We layer on top of that a culture of continuous improvement and continuous innovation. So that's making sure we do things internally that make it very clear that we want to innovate. Simple things like uh, we have something we use internally called user voice where anyone in the company can throw up an idea and everybody else in the company can vote on that idea. Uh, oh, well. We almost, uh, I guess, two years ago created a labs or organization that is the group that's chartered with really getting hands-on with technologies that are far enough out that we're not ready to implement, but we need to understand, experiment, test. And we do company-wide internal things like an innovation day every year 
that really gets the ideas flowing and makes it very clear that great ideas come from across the organization. It's not just the engineering team that gets to innovate here at Constant Contact. Everybody does. And then finally, I think we innovate uh, with context. So we make sure everybody understands the core of our strategy, our mission, our vision, our values, what we think our key competitive differentiation is, so that we're innovating inside a set of guardrails so our innovation ends up well-focused. And we just keep stirring that pot and trying to do that again and again every day, every week, every month, every year. That's fascinating. What have you seen are some of the key mistakes your clients' organization make, and how would you advise them to overcome those mistakes and thrive in today's economy? The one thing we hear all the time, and I'm guessing you hear it from your clients too, is that their number one objective is to find new customers. Yes. Right. New, new, new. I need new customers. I need more customers. Absolutely. I think the mistake people make is because their objective is new, they focus on new over existing. And I would argue that in today's world, your current customers are your best channel to new customers. And there probably is more business available from your current customers than you think. When I ask people, you know, how important is repeat sales to your existing base, they'll say, oh, it's 80, 90% of my revenue. And then I say, well, what are you doing to drive that part of your revenue stream? Their answer is, well, we don't need to do anything for that. They just come back. But it really turns out that if you cultivate those relationships, first of all, you'll get more business from the existing base. They'll remember you and come back more frequently, or they'll think about you for other projects because they'll understand that your range of services is bigger. But most importantly, they will become your channel to new customers first through word-of-mouth referral, and second through social endorsement and social word-of-mouth. So when you think about engaging your current customer base, it's all about informational over promotional. So second mistake is thinking that marketing is about promotion instead of marketing is about engagement and informational content. And I'm guessing this is stuff you preach to your clients all the time. Exactly. You know, nothing, nothing new that I'm saying here. It's funny, there was a recent Nielsen study that said when you ask consumers how they learn about new products and what they trust, 14% of consumers trust advertising, 78% trust consumer recommendations. Mm-hmm. And the Internet is making that um, social is making that even more prevalent. There are very few people today who would make a major decision, whether that's a a product vendor or a service vendor, without checking with their network. Hey, I'm thinking about using XYZ Corporation. Anybody have any thoughts? Or I'm looking for a, a local plumber. Who have you used? All of that is happening now at a much greater frequency And we can reach out to trusted channels much easier than ever before. 
So this comes back to that importance of customer experience. It all starts with making sure your current customers will say great things about you. And then keeping them engaged and finding ways to get their voice active on your behalf. This is fabulous. First of all, you're stating that your current customers are your best channel for new business. I couldn't agree more. Yet so many of our clients are not doing it. They're focusing on always new customers rather than penetrating and keeping their existing customers happy. And the second aspect is looking at marketing as a way to constantly drive genuine, powerful value, intellectual property, your thoughts, your wisdom, to help your clients to improve their condition, and then also to create trusting relationships. That's, I think, what it's all about. Could not agree more. My target audience are global entrepreneurs that are consultants, coaches, speakers, authors, and boutique service firms. When it comes to your key offerings, and we mentioned some of them today, what can this group of people do to dramatically improve their own successes? I think we actually started down that path with the last question, which is really starting to think about um, their engagement as an expert with their customers, clients, prospects, really taking the time to identify the key areas that they want to be identified with. You have some global entrepreneurs, but you know one of the things I find with consultants is uh, they really struggle with the narrowing their focus and picking a core expertise because they have so broad a set of capabilities. But I think you need to decide what you want your brand to represent and pick a topic area. Then you need to really engage on that topic area. Online and offline, you need to focus on engagement. Customer experience wins. But in the end, what our products are all about is keeping a relationship alive so that it ultimately drives either incremental direct business or that indirect word of mouth online or offline. And so everything's about engaging. The only chance you have to engage is if you make a connection. And that starts with building that trust you were talking about earlier and then asking for permission to stay connected, whether that's staying connected through a Facebook like or a Twitter follow or an email address, you earn the right to stay connected. And then that's really a privilege that you then need to respect by using that connection to engage with content that adds value. Can you share with us that involvement from a social media perspective, and how do you see leveraging these platforms for additional success and and greater exposure? You know, as we've been looking at, following, and diving headlong into social media, we've really seen an evolution in the understanding of, of how social will help businesses. I think phase one was the Uh, I'll call it celebrity frenzy. How many friends, fans, and followers can you get, and can you create a viral phenomenon? And now we've all settled down into, oh, it's about customer and prospect engagement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the same ideas around email, which is, 
you don't some, want someone following you if they're not interested in what you do. You don't want their email address. They're not interested in getting your email. has all settled down into the same thing. It's all about getting the right audience to engage in the right channel. What social offers for businesses that's really powerful is that social uh, word of mouth, social visibility. If I can get a current client to comment on my Facebook page and engage in, an, in, a, in a dialogue with me, his network is going to see that. That is completely an implied endorsement. Wow, if John's engaging with Constant Contact, John must think well of them. I should go look at Constant Contact. So that combination of the ability to stay connected and to engage. What we're also seeing is that none of these channels operate independently. The best way to get someone back to your Facebook page isn't just to post to the wall. It's to post to the wall and send a complimentary email that says, starting a great dialogue, do you have a thought? And links back to Facebook. These channels all need to be used in combination. It's interesting, we, you know, one of our uh, little catchphrases these days is email lights the fire and social fans the flames. They work together hand in hand. So what we've been doing is first focusing on giving small businesses the social tools they need to get started. So social monitoring, so they know what's being said about them on their presences and others. The guides to getting set up, how do I get my Facebook page up, how do I get started. We have a whole social quick starter, uh, which if you haven't looked at, you might want to uh, take a peek at. And then what we're really working on is a product coming out later this year, which we haven't talked much about, uh, but at the highest level we're calling social campaigns. Hmm. How do you... How do you start from a social following and then drive engagement at a different level? How do you ask for, receive, and measure that engagement? And so we're building a product that will literally drive social engagement through campaigns. And those will be, again, as we've talked about, as much informational as promotional. So we're really leading our customers on the journey uh, into social. And focusing on our success formula, which is the combination of products, know-how, and coaching. There's a notion out there that social media helps amplify your voice. Yet it amplifies everyone else's voice. How do you leverage all these tools to stand out in the crowd so you're not lost in all this magnifying of people's voices? I honestly think the voice a business wants to magnify is their customer's voice, not their own. So I'll, I'll start with that. That's great. Um, and I think the thing that gets us all so excited about social is that when we look at our customer base, whether that's a business customer or a consumer customer, their social network tends to be a very well-qualified audience for us. So now we're back to the existing customers are a channel to new customers. And that's why I think it's more important to amplify your customer's voice than your own. And that's why we talk about engagement, right? So if, if John's my customer, if he reads my Facebook wall, that's great. Love that. But I don't get any visibility through John until 
he engages, until he likes, comments, or shares. And so the goal is, how do I engage John so he participates with me in social, doesn't just read me in social? So that's what I mean by the difference between the business voice and the customer voice. What are your most successful clients do that others don't? What they really do is they know their audience, they deliver content that adds value, and believe it or not, they keep it short. So, you, um, because we are all frantically busy, and and that's again another misconception that if I'm going to be, you know, if I'm going to be an inbound marketer, if I'm going to blog or write a newsletter, that I have to write a lot. That is actually a complete misconception. As human beings, when we see a long newsletter, a long blog post, a long Facebook wall post, we actually zone out because we know we don't have time. So less is more is the number one thing I think our most successful clients understand. And by the way, that lowers the burden on them in terms of writing as well. Which is a great segue to my next question. With so many platforms available, a plethora of options available for anyone to choose, how does one decide what are the best ones to invest their time and energy in? Yeah. I will start by saying I totally agree with you. The proliferation of platforms and tools available is unbelievable. And um, it's impossible for most businesses to keep up and understand what they should be doing. I guess the first thing I'd say is find a few people you trust who can be your guide through the process. Sounds like your clients trust you. We work hard every day to earn our clients' trust by being a great source of information. The second thing I would say is follow your customers. Uh, If they haven't engaged with a platform, you probably don't. Again, your customers are a good demographic reflection of the next audience you want to reach. So if they haven't joined that network, it's probably okay for you to ignore that network for a little while. Follow your customers. Ask them. Again, the wonderful thing, if you're doing a good job of engaging your current audience, every so often you can throw a poll out there, right, and say, you know, wondering what tools you're using, select all that apply, and see. The other thing is that if you're starting to get a hint that something might be interesting, you can test before you invest, right? If it's a social network, you can, you know, you can watch before you engage. You can just put a toehold out there and see if anything happens. Um, So you don't need to go crazy and do everything at once. And the truth is, I think the first mover advantage is never as big as people worry about. Don't hyperventilate. If it's going to be important and you were a month or two late getting to it, you're going to be fine unless you are in the business of being the latest and greatest innovator. In most cases, wait till it matures and then go there. 
only a couple of questions left for me to ask you. Uh, th this has been am amazing. Uh, and before I get to those two questions, um, but for those of, of, of the listener who need to learn or want to learn more about Constant Contact, other than just going to constantcontact.com, what's the best way to, to, to reach you and to, to contact you? Well, I, you know, I will say the best way is to go to constantcontact.com. It is a source of fabulous information. And what your readers and listeners may not know is that if they sign up for a free trial, we will actually assign them a personal coach. And so a real-life human being will be right there ready to help them figure out whether we're right for them, what tools to use. And this is my personal guarantee. That person is a coach they will not be the least bit pushy or aggressive. They're trying to find the right success formula for, for each and every person they interact with. We have really mastered the get to the right answer. And if the right answer isn't us, that's okay. The second thing is they can just, as they go to constantcontact.com, click on the Learning Center. There's tons that you can learn before you even sign up webinars, recorded tutorials, white papers and articles, so a tremendous amount of resources that we have generated that are just great learning tools. And then finally, finding a local seminar is always a great thing, and right on the front page of constantcontact.com, there's a, a link that says find us in your area. So just checking for a local seminar is another great way to learn. Thank you. And, and by the way, I, and I should probably make a disclaimer here for the listener that I am one of Constant Contact Partner and couldn't say more greater things about uh, you and your companies. And uh, I encourage people to go and check you out. Uh, it's, oh, it's an amazing company. Thank you very company. much. Looking into the future for a second here, how do you see the Internet evolving and further impacting our lives and our businesses? So I'll focus on three themes. I think... Social is going to get socialer, and what I really mean by that is that we will start to have all of our Internet experience informed by the views and engagement of others. So as we search for things, we will no longer be um, getting answers that are solely based on search engine optimization but by how people we know and trust have already engaged with those sites and that information. So social is going to get socialer. It's going to be pervasive in everything. I think local is going to get localer. I actually think the Internet never really delivered very well on the promise of local, but it is starting to big time. And that's really being facilitated by the third trend, which is mobile everywhere. So our interaction model with the Internet is moving dramatically from primarily a browser, you know, desk, you know, a laptop or desktop browser-based interaction to a mobile device. So social, local, mobile are all coming together, and they're going to change the way we do a lot of things. Outstanding. Last question for you, Gail. Is there a particular legacy that you were hoping to leave behind? Uh, you know the you know the vision of constant contact is to literally revolutionize the success formula for small businesses and i actually think that's possible i think when you look at a small business 
how they compete. It's all about customer experience, customer intimacy, and customer service. And then you realize that half of small businesses fail in the first five years. I think it's because they weren't able to take the passion they brought to the business and keep those connections alive. And I think if we do what we want to do at Constant Contact, we will literally improve the small business success rate and enable people to follow their passions and build the business of their dreams. And that's the legacy I want to leave behind. Well, obviously your passion is obvious, and the focus and the commitment to build the successes and the passion of others is unbelievable. So first of all, I want to thank you for being so generous of your time and and sharing the ideas with me and others who are going to listen to this and for just uh, being part of uh, helping us create greater successes in our lives and businesses and coming up with these great innovations, as you talked about today. Looking very forward to the future of the journey together, and thank you again for the time together. Well, thank you so much for your time.